Hey, welcome to The Screenwriting Life. I'm Meg LaFove. And I'm Lorianne McKenna. We are professional screenwriters. We've worked together as a team and separately. We've worked on studio and indie films, live action and animation, from my work on Inside Out and Captain Marvel. To my work in Pixar's story department on Up, Brave, and Inside Out. We are here to share our insights on the craft of screenwriting and also the life. How to not only survive the ups and downs, but thrive. We want to help you become the best screenwriter you can be and to reassure you that you are not alone on this journey. Hey, everyone. Welcome back to the show. Today, we are chatting with actress Allison Tolman. Allison is an award-winning actress known for her work in TV and film. In addition to her widely acclaimed turn as Molly Salverson in the debut season of FX's Fargo, she has worked in network TV on shows like Brooklyn Nine-Nine and Good Girls Streaming TV starring in Mark Cherry's Why Women Kill, which I loved, and Premium Cable Fair, recently guest starring in Stars Gaslit with Julia Roberts. Allison, a writer herself, is joining us today to discuss what she looks for when vetting material, how she collaborates with writers during productions, and to share some wisdom on her experience in the industry, both on and off the set. Welcome, Allison. Thank you, guys. Thanks so much for having me. I hope you're really feeling secure about how professional this is based on my introduction <laughs> as well. Honestly, I have really strong I feel reading good. skills. I, I'm yeah. in good company. Yeah. I, that's, okay. I, I like knowing I can fuck up and it'll be fine. Yeah. Welcome to the party. I think I'll share that with you. I think I gave you an especially tongue twisty intro this week. So um, as, as someone who claims to be a writer, sometimes I feel like I send these intros. You're just busy, Allison. You just have a huge resume. I'm actually blaming you on this. Guys, one. I can't help it. I'm sorry. <laughs> uh, all right. So we're going to have some fun here with Allison. But before we do, let's talk about our weeks or what we like to call adventures in screenwriting. Uh, Lorian, how was your week? Uh, it was like they all are sort of all over the place. Um, I realized something really important about myself. I think I've always known this, but I really like to have a whole day where I can write or at least a whole chunk of a day starting in the afternoon. And I was looking at my calendar recently. It's just meetings all over the place, which isn't really fostering a great brain space for me to focus because uh, I like to focus. And so I have blocked off three days of every week to make those my writing days as much as possible. Today is a writing day, but I did take time for this because it's a priority. Um, <laughs> but uh, I think that's really helping me in terms of not just my productivity, but feeling good about being a, about doing what I'm doing, right? I'm writing on Wednesday and then I know that that's what's happening. So I have a plan and it doesn't just feel like I have to squeeze time in. I don't really do well with that. Um, the other thing is, is I'm getting ready to take three TV show pitches out and I'm really trying to make them 10 minutes, which is really hard for me because, well, number one, I love to hear the sound of my own voice and I'm hilarious and like trying to figure out how to keep content in that needs to be in there, um, but also cutting, cutting, cutting. And um, I'm learning a lot, you know, the, the usual pitch used to be, you know, here's why I want to make this show. Uh, then you do like, here's the log line of the show, um, the world, the tone, comps, style, if it's animation, you know, look, and then you pitch the characters and then the pilot and then episodes and season and wrap up. And what I'm trying to do now is sort of make it more of a story with the whole thing sort of interwoven in between. So the pilot is much more about this is what the format of the show will be and less about um, like details and that the character introductions are woven into the pilot. So it's not big chunks. It's really hard. 
it's really, really hard. I've read this thing out loud many, many, many times, and it's one of them is still coming in at 12 minutes. Um, my manager pointed out that it should feel like 10 minutes if it can't be That's 10 right. minutes. I think so I'm like, okay, fine. I'm going to say yes to 12 minutes. <laughs> yeah. So, um, you know, it's losing my darlings, things I've held on to on all these pitches that I just love and feel so connected to. And then I'm like, well, is that necessary to get someone engaged to ask me questions after? No, again, it's, I think I'm hilarious. So it's cutting those things. Um, and then the other thing I did, I organized a little uh, show up, shut up and write for the TSL Facebook group, which was really fun. Um, I think like 40 people showed up. We were just on Zoom and the idea is everyone showed up, muted themselves, shut up and wrote. And it's just really nice to be able to be doing that, not really witnessing or being witnesses, but just feeling like you're not doing it alone. Even if it's people you've never talked to and don't know, just seeing little faces in those boxes was like, oh, I actually have to show up and do this now. So that was, that was kind of my week. That's really awesome. I love that. So Allison, how was your week? It was, it was good. I'm actually, you know, I'm a, I come from like comedy and, and theater and I'm a sketch writer and I'm right now trying to write two features. I've never written a feature. <laughs> so I don't know how to do it. Did you know it's not just 20 sketches all stitched together? Cause that's what I'm learning. <laughs> very annoying surprise yeah so I um it's good I mean I'm not I'm not acting right now I'm not working right now and so I kind of went into the new year being like I'm gonna focus on this other thing and um try to like just expand these skills a little bit which is really fun but very slow going I really am like a little baby deer it takes me so long to do anything at all I have a a writing partner um Aaron Doyle Cooper, who I'm writing a, a horror film with right now. And we get together once a week and sort of trade off. And I was like, you always type because you're like, she's just faster on final draft than I am. Cause I don't know all the shortcuts. And so now I'm like, I have to be the one who types today so I can like learn how to, because I just don't know, like I just technically don't know how to do it. So, which I'm sure is frustrating for her. So it's just, it's just slow. It's slow going. And like, it's just practice and it's going to take practice. I'm dating a writer and he, I was over there working last week and he like made lunch and like took a nap on the couch and like fully woke up and like wrote an opening scene to a feature. And I was like, I did two bullet points on an outline during that same amount of time. <laughs> I was like, I'm a hero. Like, you know, but you know what? That's two bullet points that weren't there before I wrote them down. So little tiny baby steps. Um, and just try not to get discouraged with, I don't, I don't generally do things I'm not already good at. Like that's just how my personality works, which is not great. Um, so yeah, I'm proud of myself for like slogging through a new yeah. thing. Cause usually like I'm used to, to like writing something and then it's done because I write, you know, little sketches. So this is, this is very different. Yeah, kudos to you. And you know, if your boyfriend had to get up and act, I bet he'd feel the same way. Like <laughs> probably. Yeah. Be fair oh, yeah. to you. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. He'd open uh, the door and take a step in. That would be the two bullet points, right? <laughs> yeah. and then he's out. I'm, I'm good at other things. That's true. I'm proficient at other things. Thank I you. Would, Thank I you for know. reminding me of that, Meg. My goodness. More than proficient. Didn't know I was going to get therapy today as You're well. Welcome. You're welcome. Usually Wednesdays and Thursdays. All right. <laughs> 
Uh, my week, I did pass on that project so that I can pick my own. I think we talked about this last week where I was, should I, you know, uh, but I did pass on it um, so that I can choose my own work. That's um, great. Congratulations. Thank I'm you. Sure that wasn't Congrats. easy. Now yeah, I actually yeah. have to do my own work, which is a whole step two. But, um, and, uh, you know, yesterday I found out that um, my, the woman who I consider the person who helped me become a writer has passed away. Um, I think she um, was just very old, but Nancy Bacall. Um, and it's, you know, it's kind of a big transition in my mind um, because I was a producer and I secretly wanted to be a writer. I'd gone to screenwriting as a major in college and had chickened out. And I heard about this class, which was all autobiographical writing. So you would sit as a group every week and her class, and she would start with a poem or an essay or talking about a certain topic. And then you would have to write an autobiographical in the room for the next two hours, hour and a half, you would write an autobiographical response to that story from your life. And what it really taught me to do, and then you would read it out loud to the group. And the group became, of course, very bonded because we're, we're we're finding out things about each other that even sometimes close family don't know. Um, and they would very gently and she would very gently yet pointedly call you on it when you shied away from something um, or when it started to feel false or you got too smart about it instead of just being honest about it. And uh, it really taught me, I didn't have the word lava back then. It wasn't a word I was using, but it taught me that kind of daring, that kind of courage to walk into it and to have the immediate feedback from the room and feel the shift as they emotionally felt it taught you kind of the benefit of doing that kind of in real time. I'm sure theater must be like that. Um, so she was this is an incredible person supporting so many writers. I feel like she made me a writer by taking that class for so many years. So um, to Nancy Bacall, I raise a glass as she moves on to the next uh, plane, the next level of where her genius will go. Um, but now on to more fun things. Uh, let's talk to Allison about all kinds of fun topics. I'm so excited to have an actress on to talk to us about um and and a writer to talk to us about that um, experience uh, with the work and what all you wish all writers knew kind of thing. <laughs> um, the first question we ask every guest, uh, because our audience is very interested, is how did you break into the business and how did you, uh, you know, get where you are with the writing and the acting and, you know, however you want to tell, talk to us about it. Sure. Yeah. I mean, as I mentioned, I come from uh, comedy and theater. I, my, my degree is in theater. I studied at Second City. And, you know, all I ever wanted to do was like, uh, make enough commercials to where I could like have dental insurance and I don't know, also have a little day job. I don't, that was my entire, uh, goal was to be able to like do some theater, uh, make some art with my friends and maybe through, um, commercial and voiceover, uh, make enough money to live. Um, so to my surprise, <laughs> I was cast in Fargo out of Chicago. I was in Chicago just really trying to kind of break into the theater scene and the commercial scene. I hadn't really worked very much there. I was doing a lot of sketch and improv. Um, and I auditioned for, for Fargo um, out of out of Chicago when they opened up the casting into the Midwest um, and booked that role. And truly, you know, I 
had been in the business for many years and have been acting since I was a kid. It's all I ever wanted to do. There was never like a decision point where I was like, I think I'm going to go for it. It was all I ever really wanted to do. Um, but then, so sort of like gradually, but also all at once, I had this kind of life changing event happen and I booked this role and it um, set, you know, that's like the sort of fork in the road for, for my life and my career. Um, and everything since then, since 2013 has been because of um, booking that role. So I moved to Los Angeles um, after uh, Fargo was on the air and have continued to, been very lucky to continue to work out here. Um, so yeah, I have, I have dental insurance. Um, <laughs> and Which I just is huge, huge for writers, huge for actresses. Like it's a big I deal know. to have insurance. Yeah. It's, uh, no kidding. Um, yeah. So it's sort of a strange combination of like grinding away at something for a decade or more. <clears throat> and then all of a sudden, um, kind of stumbling ass backwards into like the biggest opportunity of my life. Uh, and then not fucking it up, which was an important component, you know. Did you have some opportunities where you could have fucked it up and you had to sort of navigate that? I think if I had been younger when I broke, I probably would have, would have, could have maybe fucked it up. I mean, I didn't come to Los Angeles out of school for a reason. I had no desire to live in this town or be in this market because I just thought it would eat me up. Um, I would never have moved here if I hadn't already had a show on the air and wasn't already like experiencing some degree of success. It's just not my pace. Um, and it's a kind of, this business is mean, you know, uh, and I'm sort of sensitive. So I think if I had been younger, it would have been harder for me to keep my footing. Um, but I wasn't, I was in my mid thirties when I broke. And I also had been, you know, working day jobs for, like I'd been working in the real world in like corporate America and in IT and as a personal assistant and this, that, and the other for so many years that I kind of had an attitude, even coming out of Fargo, that like the, what the worst that could happen would be that all that would go away and I would move back to Chicago, a town I love and find another day job. And I was like, that wouldn't be so bad. I did it for this long. So I think that took like a level of uh, desperation out of things. And so in the years after Fargo, I was really picky. I'm not anymore. I'm kidding. I was really, I was really picky about uh, what projects I would consider and what I said yes to, because I felt like I could afford to be. And I think that was, um, that was huge for me. And I have a really great team that's always been really supportive of saying no to a lot of things, which is um, a big deal. So. Can you talk a little bit about the transition, you know, that, that moment where you started working in TV, what the differences are between stage and TV? Yeah. Massive. I, um, I, you know, again, I don't do things I'm not already good at. And so, um, leaving to shoot Fargo, was such a massive leap um, for me that I just kind of had to like leave my body and be like, I'm not going to know how to do anything. And I'm going to have to ask a million questions and admit that I don't know how to do anything, which is really hard for me. I'm kind of a um, perfectionist and I, yeah, it's hard for me to admit that I don't already know how to do everything. Um, so I just sort of had to really go against my personality for the first uh, 
you know, couple months of shooting. Cause I had no idea. I had no idea what I was doing. I had been a, like a day player on a soda prison break and I had been on commercial sets and that's it. Um, and, you know, coming out of theater was definitely nervous about the way that things worked and the transition between the two. But once I kind of got the hang of things and um, really understood like the rhythm of being on a set, um, I found that it actually really suited me well. Um, and now I really love it, done theater in ages, actually. I would, I would love to get back into it, but I haven't done theater in a long time. And the start stop of film and television, um, the ability to reset, the ability to like mess up and go back um, is really, really agrees with me. Uh, so to my, to my surprise, I've really enjoyed it and really like it. And you also like, for me, you know, coming up in theater, I think you get such a sense of um, collaboration and like, you're working towards this project and you're doing this thing together and it's drilled into you always 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 that like actors are not more important than designers and not more important than crew heads etc cetera, etc cetera. that we're all a family we're all doing this thing together it's all process 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 and um i find that i was worried that i was gonna miss that but i found that that's not the case that i feel that way about um the crew on the, the show that i'm working on as well that it's like a family and that you're all kind of like diving in together to figure out how to do things. And that's my favorite part about working is, is working with other people and um, yeah, the collaborative nature of it. And when you were doing um, the second city, um, the sketch comedy, can you look back now and say, well, I'm so glad I learned that skill set, both as an actress now and as somebody who's moving obviously uh, into the writing too and writing a feature is there a skill set that you would highlight for writers out there that you're kind of glad you learned I think the biggest thing for me that I learned like during that time during Second City and then also in the projects that I participated in afterwards that like is the is the just sitting down to do the thing um is the is the hardest part it's like the hardest part um and you know it's harder now because you're kind of I'm like sort of self-imposing these deadlines for myself um and when you know my whole sketch team is is like waiting on me to deliver something on Monday it may feel like when I sit down on Sunday night that I'm like oh fuck I have no ideas I was always, I always had something by the time I got sat down with people on Monday. Most of the time I was like, this is really good. I did it, you know? So I think that so much to me of, you know, acting, you're waiting for someone to tell you like when you get to work um, and in writing, you don't have to do that, which is kind of a blessing, it's, but it's terrifying as well. Um, but yeah, like the practice, I think of being a writer and you know, like Lauren was saying, like sitting down and being like, I'm going to write this many days this week um, is something that I really admire people who do that and that I really aspire to. And it's a skill that I've had in the past when I had people like depending upon me to deliver things um, for shows. But now that I'm sort of it's self-imposed, it is it's harder, but you have to like, you know, set up a practice for yourself and keep it. Is there something in sketch comedy that you feel you love the best? Like, is it kind of like improving in a way until you get to the the funny? Like, I, I always loved about improv is they teach you to not say but, they teach you to say yes and, and which I know is so you know basic to say to you, but yeah, to, because my in my brain, my brain says a lot of but, but, but that won't work, but, 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 mm -hmm. and 
that ability to play in comedy? Uh, did you, you know, you're going to hand it to people on Monday. I'm sure you got immediate feedback. Yeah. Um, it kind of help your brain um, in terms of that kind of letting it flow, let it, let it go and play. Yeah. I mean, I think that there's definitely more play and improv. I, I, and I find improv, um, I'm, I'm a good improviser, but I'm not a great improviser and really great improvisers are unbelievable to watch work. Um, they really tap into something that is like just from another realm. And I think it's really incredible. Um, there's so much like kind of philosophy and culture, I think too, if the improv world, um, I found the more I got into um, improv and sketch in Chicago that sketch suited me better because I liked the part where I sat down and I was like, here are the jokes. Here are the beats. It's math. <laughs> here are the jokes and here's how it goes. And I recognize the fact that like when you have the sense of play and you're doing improv that sometimes you, that there's magic that is created. And then when you do create that magic, that the reward is outstanding. But for me, I found more comfort in having the potential for less magic, but that I knew what was going to be there, if that makes sense. Yeah, yeah. So when, I, you say, when you say it's math, what, is, what does that mean when you say it's math? Well, it's, I mean, I feel like to me, the timing of a joke of what makes something funny is so specific and so kind of innate in people that ha that are funny that they have that. Um, I mean, there's very like literally like the rule of threes or fives that that's how you that's how that's how things are funny. There's such form, I think, to uh, sketch comedy that you have to like really be familiar with and really know in order to break it. Um, and yeah, I just find that I find the precision of sketch comedy to be really comforting um, in a way that I found improv to be unnerving. Uh in the long run <laughs> the more I did it the more I was like this is not uh this is not where I'm most comfortable and there's a lot to be said for spending time in the places where you're not most comfortable but uh when it came down to choosing it I was like I'd rather I'd rather find the funny at my computer than find the funny on a on a stage in a bar with eight people in the audience it just sounds you know, very glamorous Yes, it was absolutely. a very special yeah. time. Thank you so much. Yes, yes. You're welcome. <laughs> so, uh, in terms of, so you're talking about scripting, right? So, when you get a script on a TV show, uh, so I've been on the one side as a writer working with actors. So, you're an actor and you get a script. Like, what is that like? Like, interacting with the showrunner or like that episode writer? Can you talk a little bit about that? Yeah, I would say I, uh, interacting with episode writers comes much later and is much less like integral, I think for actors, um, you know, getting a script, there's obviously like, there's certain things that I'm kind of looking for. And I, I'm usually getting scripts and they're like, we want to look at you for this role, you know, specifically. Um, so I will read it specifically as an actor looking at that role and seeing where the arc is. And if, the descript I live like I look a lot into like the description of characters. I like put scripts down if they're like they mention someone's weight or body type, or if they're too like um, precise about I don't know just like physical attributes. I put scripts down. I just don't read them um, because I don't know. I'm a little hot under the collar, and I'm like fuck you, and I put them down. And I don't pick them back up again because I can do that, uh, which is kind of a dick move, but whatever. 
Um, so yeah, I pay attention to like the, the description of a character right off the bat. Um, and then if I, if I like a script and I'm into it and I'm into a character and I think that there's some potential there, then I would do a meeting with a showrunner, which is because a lot of, I mean, I'm still auditioning um, for some things. I still audition for film. I still audition for some TV projects, but a lot of times I'm offer only for um, television. That's just like, I don't know. I was reading about this the other day that people were like, this guy's off. Who was it was offer only there? Oh, Timothy Chalamet is, hasn't auditioned in years. And I was like, of course he fucking hasn't. That's why are you, that's not how it works. Anyway, so I'm offer only on a lot of television, which means that for me, the meeting with a showrunner is really important because I think everybody needs the opportunity to like sniff each other out and see if it's going to be like a situation where we can all get along. And I recognize that if they're offering me a role without auditioning me for something that like, that's an important step that we need to like see if we can if we dig each other um so then i would meet with a showrunner or showrunners and see if we like each other but then yeah i wouldn't meet episode um, writers until we were actually shooting and they came in to be on set for that time about when you're considering a character and you're and you're saying okay well i like this is there anything that you find as an actor you need in those characters that we can talk to our writers listening about um like what does yeah what, what what parts do kind of step out and for you? I think for me, um, like depth and nuance is um, really important. Well, that's not even true. The bigger the role, the more depth and nuance that you need. If it's like a small role and it's like itty bitty and it's a cameo or it's one scene, then you just, something flashy is fine. I'm always like, you write like a really good, role that someone has to work for one day you would be amazed at the people you can get I bet who would come in and who want to say like do a monologue that's like amazing and full of f-bombs and they'll come and work for half a day you know like because so much I think about taking jobs for actors is about time commitment and so if you're asking not a lot of their time I I bet you would be amazed at, at the caliber of people that you can get um Anyway, so I think I'm looking for something different in smaller roles than I am for in, in bigger roles. And in bigger roles, I want, yeah, like depth, nuance. Um, I'm a big fan of like humor in its many forms, which is like, not doesn't have to be a person who's like telling jokes and like doing punchlines, but if there's like a sense of irony there, a sense of like self-awareness, even in like really heavy material, I find that really fun to play. Um, I mean, I think for women, especially, I want like a really layered character and I'll get scripts where clearly someone has really thought that they were like doing something, but like the the primary layer is just like super bitchy, <laughs> just like she's complicated. And I'm like, is she? Cause she just seems unpleasant. Like where's the, where's the complicated part come in? Um, so yeah, I don't, I don't really know how to tell someone to write to that, but I, uh, I don't, I don't know, just pretend women are people and then write that down. It's a good thing <laughs> to pretend. It's a good way to operate. I like that. So imagine you said if when you, you will. Yeah, imagine if you will. So you said you read, like, if you see character descriptions that are, you know, you describe what you're not looking for. Yeah. How many pages in will you go, right? Like, because we're told, like, first three pages, you got it in a TV show, you got to hook them, you know, like, how mm. long are you willing to read? And what are some other things that are like, no, or what's something that you see right away? And you're like, yes, and you're willing to keep mm. reading? 
I would say it takes quite a bit for me to stop reading something. Um, unless something has like, yeah, offended me, I will, I will probably read to the end. I would say I probably know uh, 10 pages in if there's like, if I'm like, oh, this is, there's really good stuff here. Um, and then there's times when the character, like I'll be 10 pages in and we still haven't met the character that they want me to read. And then I'm like, bloop, 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 control find. <laughs> like, where is she? What's she like and what's she gonna say? Because to me, like, if I'm enjoying a script or if, or if I'm lukewarm about a script and then I skip to the character you want me to read for and the character is awesome, I'm like, okay, great, I'll stick with it. But if I'm lukewarm about a script and then I skip to the character you want me to read for and I'm like, Bleh, then like, I don't know how much more time I'm gonna give it, you know? Is yeah. that terrible? Maybe that's bad. No, that's your process. I'm impressed you don't just skip to your character. I know some actors who like, they get the <laughs> offer and they're just like control find right away because <laughs> that that insatiable curiosity about the character takes over. Yeah, I get that. I do kind of, I think I think like, I think in the macro, I think I think like a producer because I produce theater for so long. And so I do really want to know like, yeah. what do you think the hook of this episode is? What do you think is the hook of this show? Because I don't know, you could tell a lot about the personality of a writer and a piece by what they think is going to be the thing that hooks people in the first little bit, whether that's me or, or not, whether that's the character you want me to read or not. Um, so I think that's, you know, informative. So I'm going to interrupt and tell a funny story about how I met Allison. So uh, Allison and I have a mutual friend and this mutual friend really wanted us to hook up like every for like years now. You got to meet Allison. You got to meet Allison. I think you guys really get along. <laughs> And, you know, we're busy, whatever. It never really happened. And so he sent her my script. That was our, that was sort of my calling card for her to read and be like, am I going to want to go out and have a glass of wine with this person? So, <laughs> so you read it, right? And you're like, uh -huh. it's not for me, but like, let's go, let's get I together. I didn't say and, that. And... You have internalized that, madam. I thought you said it's not for me. <laughs> no, I did not. <laughs> oh my God, this is amazing. I, I thought you first said, of all, first of all, I, I don't think I've ever hey, said those words. Huh. Hey, I, I like your script, but like, it's not for me. No, there's no way I said that. <laughs> but I'm not, I'm not talking about What did about you say, that. Allison? What did you say? <laughs> but there's no way I said that. I probably but, said, I probably said, which is what I say to everybody. Like, I really like this. I can't help you get this made. But if it gets made, you should probably tell me. <laughs> <laughs> Can you get it made? Then call me. But I can't help you get this made. That's yes, you mine. can. You can help me get this show made. Oh, Come wow. on. Come on. Everyone wants to see. Yeah, anyway. I'm, I'm <laughs> deeply obsessed with the idea that you think our friendship started with me saying that your script was not for me because that is not what I recall at all. This is how all of my relationships start. I'm not good <laughs> enough. Please be my friend anyway. Babe, I'm so glad we talked about this. Holy <laughs> shit. Fuck. Oh my God. The stories we make up in our heads and then live. Seriously. I thought that's what I, I should, I, whatever. I'm not going to reread the emails, but anyway, uh, my point is my, that was not my point. My point is totally going to reread the emails. Okay. Keep going. So <laughs> my point, I mean, I'm wrong. My point is that, uh, a script can, like you said, you can know about a person by their voice in a script, what they're writing about, what's important to them, that you're, that that's why your voice is so important in a script, because it communicates not just this is a story I want to tell, but like who you are. And mm -hmm. 
sort of as an actress reading, like, am I going to want to be on this TV show and, and be a part of the 10 episodes in a season that this writer is going to write, sort of trusting that they're going to take care of you and your character in a way that, you know, that's important to you so that you feel safe in a way too. Um, that's mm -hmm. what structure and writing, you know, like I give you a messy, messy script. You'd be like, well, I don't think they can write a whole season of a, of a TV show. There's just so much communicated, no pressure writers, no pressure <laughs> at all. The, this is your calling card for the rest of your life. No kidding. But, um, yeah, I, I think I need to talk about this in therapy for sure. For I'm going to sure. go back and read the email. I just, I just, maybe that's what, I, maybe that's what I communicated to you. That's not how I feel, but there, I just can't imagine a world in which I use the words it's not for me because I just don't think that's how I talk. I don't know. Well, obviously right, it's not right. right for you. Anyway, sorry. Tune in next week when we will have the answer and she will come back. But you have to have me email. back to defend myself. No. <laughs> no. This no, is me. No. Please like me. Yeah. Just start my own podcast, but it's only going to be one episode and it's a rebuttal to your podcast <laughs> next week where you talk about what I actually said in the email. All right, we Ooh. Um, okay, we'll post it on Facebook and you can come on and, and rebut. Um, <laughs> okay, so when you're on a show, you've got the part, you're on Fargo, you're on uh, any of your other great shows, and you're working with a showrunner or maybe the episode writer, um, mm -hmm. do you do any kind of um, backstory work? We had a question from our audience. Michael asked about, do you do backstory? Do you chat with the showrunners about your character? How, you know, what's that like in terms of before the show starts, right? Mm -hmm. You're starting to develop the character. And then once the show's going, when you're hitting episodes and my character wouldn't do that or or whatever, whatever that relationship's like. Yeah, I mean, I think there's some uh, discussion about backstory before you get started on a project. Um, I don't know, I, I think, you know, good, uh, in good scripts, a lot of it's there, like a lot of it's on the page. And I don't do a lot of that kind of prep work as an actor, like for myself as an actor, I don't, I don't um, find it necessary to do too much of that, like, and here's what she was like in school, and here's what her home life was like, et cetera, et cetera. Um, that's just not really how I, how I work. Um, but I guess I do know you know, I know when there's times when things have come in and later episodes that just don't vibe with who it seems like the person is that we've been creating together. And I have gotten more comfortable um, the longer I've been in the business. It's been like eight years now. Uh, the longer I've been in the business, I've gotten more comfortable about being like, this just doesn't make sense to me or this is really like sticking for me and can we talk about it? Um and I'm also really, you know, I try to be um, the 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 larger a role I have in something, the more sort of synonymous you become with the end product. And so I am more vigilant about the actual content of what we're saying. Um, so I'd say I'm more involved the larger the role that I have because I'm more. Um, watchful of what the overall message is of things when it comes to you know representation and equality and the language that we use to describe people's bodies etc cetera, etc cetera. so i've done quite a bit of speaking up about that um uh in is the there anything a, a writer an episode writer or a showrunner um does that drives you crazy 
that you just wish writers would understand about your craft or anything that, you know, mm. a good little insider tip for our writers? You know, I'm, I hate to harp on it, but I, I will any chance I get, especially because you have so many writers who listen that, you know, I know that it's easy when you have like four students and you have to like differentiate them to be like, this one is blonde, this one has glasses, this one is skinny and this one is fat, but don't do that. Um, A, it's weird (laughs) for casting. B, I don't really understand what that means. And C, I don't know if you know this or not, but if you cast someone as uh, the fat student, then that is what goes on their IMDb. That's what goes on their call sheet. That's what goes on their trailer door. Um, so we can pretend like we have the quality of language and that those things don't mean anything. Uh, but that's not true. (laughs) And you know, it's not true. So maybe don't do that. Um, maybe don't differentiate your, your minor characters using, uh, body types. Um, because it's kind of a shitty thing to do. And it's not good writing because body types has nothing to do with character. Yeah, and often, often they, often they try to make it mean something. Like, have it. Like, I'm like, do you mean that this this person is obnoxious? Is she inconsiderate? Because why did you call her fat woman in grocery store? That's that's weird. Why didn't you just call her obnoxious woman in grocery store? Uh, you know, it just it's all this like body bias that sneaks into writing, and um, you know, we're not actors aren't stupid. <laughs> it's like hurtful and mean. And uh, not for nothing, but like your crew sees that and your executives see that. Like everybody who is working on your project sees that when you want to like differentiate someone who's kind of a shitty character, you talk about their body type. I don't know. That just seems like bad business to me. I think like shining a light too on just like the value of giving a character a name. We sometimes talk on this show about how when you're just writing, you're just flippantly putting things on the page, but then once it gets greenlit and put into production and it's on a trailer door, like writers don't think about that. So like when you like flippantly name a character whore number two, and then like, that's how they're labeled on IMDb and on their trailer. Like the the amount of time it takes to give that character a name and the difference it can Mm -hmm. make for that actor is like so huge. So, or like, not even like, I understand you can't name everybody, but like, nurse with glasses is like cool 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 but like hand job guy like maybe that's funny so that's hilarious to you but that guy is like telling his parents you know what i mean like fuck you that's not funny that's someone's life and their career like you know anyway i'm glad that that was helpful because certainly i don't think writers don't think about it but it's like there's a person on the other side of that you know yeah well and you get like when people when you're when your agent's like there's a role for you in this and you're like oh great you open it up and it's like fat slob you're like cool i'm so glad that that is what spoke to you (laughs) who else is reading for you know like the joy of of being like my agent thought of me for something i'm gonna have the opportunity to work and then the crushing defeat of like here's who we think you're right for you piece of shit (laughs) it's like great like and avoidable, it's avoidable, you know? Yeah. 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 We have a lot more power than we think. And I think that's so important for writers to know because we yeah. often think that we don't. But that's, yeah. you know, are yeah. you still seeing that? I mean, not like the world has changed, but like, is there less yeah. of it than there was? I'm still working on it. Yeah. I definitely still, um, yeah, I still see it for sure. Yeah. I mean, I guess there's probably less of it. Uh, 
yeah, I don't know. It's definitely still out there because people, they just, I think they think about it in, when they think about uh, like primary representation in projects, you know, like obviously we're like, we're seeing a wider variety of like representation of different like body types um, on film in major roles. But I think when it comes to like those minor roles and the ways that people jokes about, you know, jokes about what someone ate that day or whether or not they exercised or if their treadmill is broken, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And as you make this transition um, to include writing, uh, a feature case, um, you know, we do have a lot of actors who listen. Is there anything you advice you could give them for dipping your toe into writing um, or vice versa, writers who might want to um, try acting, if only to learn to be a better writer? Yeah. Um, gosh, I don't know why any writer would want to go try to be an actor. That sounds terrible. Um, I mean, I come, I'm come from a position of like great privilege in that I have a successful acting career. And so, um, you know, last year I wrote and directed a short film because I wanted, I want to move into directing and I, and I wanted to know what that was like. And, uh, so I just like dipped into my pockets and, and bought myself a short film. They <laughs> just made a little short. Uh, which is almost done. I'll let you guys know when it's when it's finished. It's in its last stages. Um, so I know that I come from a, a place of real privilege when I say that um, uh, that for me was really huge was being able to just you know I I, I gave myself the goal of of directing a short and then I made myself sit down and write a short, um, which was really hard uh, until it was easy. Uh, but it was hard to sit down and do. Um, so yeah, I think, you know, what we, what we chatted about is like the idea of a practice and setting aside time where that's what you do, even if what you do that day is um, just two bullets on an outline, that's two bullets that weren't there before, uh, which, you know, I'm sure in a year I'll be, um, I'll be better at it and I'll be faster at it and I'll, um, uh, two bullets on an outline will feel like nothing but today that feels really huge and that is uh, again I'm really lucky to be able to look at that and see that as a win and see that as like the progress that it is um, because I've been afforded the opportunity to have that space to explore this other um, avenue for myself because of my success in acting. Well, that's awesome. Thank you so much for being here today. We always end with the same three questions. Oh, goody. Uh, so the first one is what brings you the most joy when it comes to your work? You could think of that in terms of acting, the sketch, your writing, but what brings you the most joy? Um, I think, you know, all I have ever wanted is to belong to a community um, of artists. And so that is what brings me the most joy is um, the sense of community you can find in a project um, or on a coffee date or whatever. I think that that's really uh, just the most magical thing. I think it's super, super rewarding to like dive into something with people, um, 
to help them make their project happen, to give them ideas, to break story with them, I just think is just just the most fun. So what pisses you off about your work? <laughs> oh, what pisses me off about my work? Well, right now the list is long. Things seem hard in television right now. Um. I think the hardest, you know, the thing about my work that suits me the least is the travel. I really, um, I like traveling for like little short amounts of time, but the uprooting nature of, of um, being on location and the question marks that abound when you take a job and wait to see if the pilot's going to go to series and if the series is going to go be picked up for another season and um, the upheaval to like what home is and what that means and where that is, I find really uh, hard, really, really hard. I find that really hard. Hmm. And the last question we have is if you could be remembered for one scene that you've worked on and that could be acted in or written or even maybe a sketch or short that you wrote at Second City, what would that be and why? Good God. If I could be remembered for one scene that I worked on That's hard. I have a favorite scene of mine that I've shot. It's a scene from Fargo. I love that season. So I'd love, I'm curious as a fan. My favorite scene. scene, my favorite scene in Fargo is the scene um, where Colin and I are laying in the bed and I'm watching TV and um, there's just a real slow push in on us in the bed. He's asleep I'm watching TV and I'm pregnant, super pregnant. Um, and I say that's the right that's such a good that's choice. the scene yeah that's that my too. that's my favorite scene ever this is one of my favorite things I've ever shot it was really like a magical moment shooting it um so I always think of of the sort of um incredible like alchemy alchemy of that moment when we made that scene and what that felt like but I hope that I'll be remembered for something I haven't written yet I know I've got a show in me um somewhere uh it's neither one of the features i'm working on right now but i'm trying to i'm trying it to get my, my practice going i'm trying to get my my muscles built up so i can find that that thing because i i think it's i think it's in there but i can't um i can't even fathom it right now i can't see it at all so i guess i i hope jeff that it's that thing That's uh, what that it, it must be sending out its sonar yeah. 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 Well, thank you, Allison, so much for coming on the show. And I know you have some things coming out. Do you want to tell us, talk to us about your short or anything else you have going on that you want to share? Yeah. With yeah. So, you know, it's been, it's been a, um, a slow year, uh, last year. So I started working on other stuff. I produced, um, a short with my friend, um, Aaron Doyle Cooper, um, who is also my friend that I'm writing this other horror film with, but I produced a short with her, which we just dropped the trailer. If you go to Instagram, it's, uh, it's called the invaders. Um, it's the invaders film, I believe is our Instagram handle. Uh, we've got some exciting stuff to tell people about, that I can't tell people about right now, uh, in the coming weeks, but you can go watch the trailer for the short. Um, 
And then I do want to mention I'm part of an, uh, an industry activism group called Room Tone that I work with that is working towards like practical, um, equitable solutions in our business um, where we talk to writers and crew heads and designers and actors and casting directors, et cetera, about um, sort of blind spots that are, exist in the industry and what we can do to help kind of fill those and um make things uh, more comfortable and equitable for everybody. So if you uh, can follow us on Instagram, we need we need all the amplification we can get as well. That group is called Room Tone. Um, our handle is we are Room Tone on Instagram. Thank That's you. Awesome. We will do that. Thank you so much for being here, Allison. Thank you guys for having me. I really appreciate it. Super fun. And just before we wrap up to our listeners, a few announcements. Our next story workshop for our Patreon community will be held on January 25th. And we have an exciting mock writer's room workshop with Sean Prezant on this Saturday. So sign up now to join. So uh, I think it's going to be really quite special and you guys are going to get a ton out of it. And remember, you are not alone and keep writing. Thanks for tuning in to The Screenwriting Life. We love our community and we want to get to know you even better. Join our Facebook group at facebook.com slash the screenwriting life or email us at the screenwriting life at gmail.com to have your question considered for the show. You can also suggest topics by emailing us there. Also, we'd love for you to drop us a review on Apple Podcasts. Even if we don't read your review on air, trust me, we have read it. And not only does it mean the world to us, but it helps other people find the show. We've always been driven by mission and mentorship and reviewing our show helps expand that mission. And of course, until next Sunday, happy writing.